And joined as always by Abby Piper and Jared Smith. How y'all doing? What's poppin', Trey? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, <laughs> uh, no po- We're in good shape, obviously. Yeah, no podcast last week because of uh, snow, kind of, sort of, not really. It Black actually, ice. Black it, ice. It track. actually was icier. Uh, what was it? Tuesday when they when did it, it was icier Tuesday than it was. Friday, though I hear that the north side of Fayette County was like bad. Was bad. Yeah, I talked to somebody who had to go to an appointment in Georgetown, um, who it took him about four hours to get from Lexington to Georgetown on seventy five. Oh my gosh! I mean, honestly, for our sake, like we we have no problem downtown, but our HOA refuses to salt our sidewalk. So if we can get out of the house, we're okay. But man, it's, it dicey. Dicey. it's dicey. It's <laughs> dicey. Our, our HOA has they have control over over plowing the, you know, plowing salt in the roads out here. And they had, a, like, a company that did it, and, but now Lloyd, one of the neighbors, who owns, also owns a, like, as a contractor and owns a bunch of rental properties and stuff, he's, he now, like, basically told him he'd do it for half the cost of what the contractor, so, so far no hiccups. They, they salt, they salted. Good job, Lloyd. So, we'll, we'll see that, I mean, we, have, we just had, like, you know, a little bit of ice, not anything serious yet. We'll see what happens when we get there, but a little, a little odd just to have, you know, Instead of having a cup of you, you just got Lloyd. Lloyd. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bunch of news this week. A uh, bunch of Kentucky news, uh, which is a change from where it had been, which I'm, I'm expecting the next couple, next probably two months will be heavily Kentucky-focused again with General Assembly coming back. Um, what are you all looking at most here the first two weeks or so that they're back in, they're back in session? Yeah, I mean, medical marijuana seems to be making a push. I think that's a, it's unprecedented, certainly. Uh, so we'll be watching that. I think, um, you know, really just uh, housekeeping and watching particularly how the new members um, are integrating with the caucuses and, and what kinds of initiatives they choose to, uh, to pick up. And um, so, you know, I think it's definitely going to be a learning, uh, a learning opportunity for them as well. But, Jared, what are you watching? I'm watching to see um, how the new committees and uh, the new committee chairs, you know, kind of how they're going to run their committees, what they're looking at. Uh, always, there's so many new members. Curious to see what happens there. Uh, but, you know, I think this podcast has been very clear where our stance is on sports betting. And so yes. hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully that that's... Um, you know, I hear more and more the, the gray machine issue is, oh, it's ca- is ca- causing, causing sports gaming to... Why? To be a little slower. N- uh, no, no. Sports gaming should be a priority of the legislature. And, no, I, I agree. But, I mean, the, uh, the, the, the issue that I'm hearing is basically... The gray machines are here, correct? And we have to do something with them. And that asking do members we? to take—do we have to do something with them? Yeah, I mean, By they, the way, I have no dog in this fight, so I'm just. Uh, yeah, I mean, state's not getting the cut from them. If they're going to be here. You know, got to pay the piper. Aren't they paying the FOP? Well, I mean, that's not the state. <laughs> but, I will say, new committee chairman, um, if you're listening, uh, nobody runs a more entertaining committee committee than Senator John Schickel. Um, so you have a bar that, that is set pretty high for you. I, I highly encourage you uh, to, to see if you can reach that mark just for the sake of uh, those of us who have to cover committees. In, in full disclosure, saying a committee is entertaining is kind of an oxymoron. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, You've obviously not been to Schickel's committee. <laughs> uh, it's still a committee. Uh, you know, the one thing that I'm interested about is can, can and will Republicans find an issue or two that what that both appeals to moderate uh independent swing suburban especially female voters that the far left liberals and the the moneyed people who would especially national donors who would want to come in and help Andy Bashir or send bodies in to help Andy Bashir can republicans find an issue or two to send to his death to force him into a Sophie's choice, mm-hmm. veto something that's going to be very po- that would be very popular with uh, suburban women, or, or sign it, or just let it become law, and it's going to be unpopular with liberal activists. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I don't know what that issue would be necessarily, but you know, I'm interested to see if they can find a couple of bills to send to Bashir. Just him being him. You know, we, we've 
never really been in this situation. I guess, well, not even Fletcher, because Fletcher had a had a had a Republican Senate. It's we've never really been in this situation. I guess since Louis Nunn, where you have right. one party controlling the whole legislature and a then a governor of the other of the other party up for reelection. Mission to see if the legislature can find some ways to put Andy Bashir in a in in a box and and make him have to make some tough decisions on details. Yeah, that's true, and I'm sure they'll find a way to do that. Um, but I think the governor, you know, those vetoes will be what April, early sure. April. Yeah. That's a long time from November. Yeah, but I mean, it's not you know I said on the show it's not real until you put points behind it. That's true. So right. you know you just need to have them on the record for it. Well, and Bashir has already put them in a tight spot with the medical marijuana. So, I mean, I think um, it, it'll be an interesting power play to see who, who ends up on the back foot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll get to, we'll hit some, some national stuff first, and then we'll get back to uh, Kentucky. A lot going on in the governor's race with a variety of candidates. Um, let's start with, uh, I guess, a, a quick update on our, on our favorite, the never-ending stream of content, George Santos. Uh, <laughs> took himself off of the committees that he was placed on temporarily, he says. Uh, so that he could uh, he can not be a uh, distraction with his his various legal issues. It does sound, Jared, like uh, there's probably pending uh, potential indictments on a number of fronts. The 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 dog charity thing, uh, campaign finance. Um, uh, you know, it, it looks like there's there's any number of places this thing can go, and all of them end in a courtroom. Yeah, I think. I mean, I I'm curious why the feds are starting with the with stealing money from a dead dog first. Uh, campaign finance stuff, I think, has got some teeth behind it with what he's done. Um, apparently, his donors are completely made up or didn't realize they donated money because they didn't so, at all. So, and then I texted Jared and Abby this question, let them ponder on it. Jared being a finance person, you know, my question to you, Jared, is if you if you were so inclined to cheat on campaign finances, do you think it is, it is better slash easier to uh, assign donations to people that exist that don't know that they're being done in their name mm. or to wholesale make up people and put that and list them as donors on your report. I don't know. If you make people up, then you're going to force the registry's hand to prove they exist. Um, if you do, I mean, just the, the straw, the straw contributions, you know, to me, that's easier to get in trouble for it. Yeah, but I mean, you kind of got to tell the straw people that you're doing it. Like, well, I, I guess for the people that have been arrested for these charges, the straw people do write the checks. Yeah. But then, as soon as somebody asks a question, they're like, oh, "I was forced to." Yeah. Right. So here, you're just making, just <laughs> assigning <laughs> amounts of money to people unbeknownst to them. I mean, hell, you, you, you I haven't looked at his reports. <laughs> Me and you might be on there for all we know. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say that, in all my years of doing this, I have never seen a parking lot authority in a restaurant in Miami claim that the amounts of disbursements on Santos's report are not mathematically possible <laughs> based on the services they provide. <laughs> yes, I mean, he's got problems both ways. The money coming in and the money going out. And he apparently forged the treasurer's signature. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a federal document. So. I mean, I, I don't know. I, why don't you just find all the dead people and list them? That, doesn't that solve that? It I mean, does. I don't know. I, they used to, it kind of answers that it's the, or, yeah, the early enough. They, 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 have, they, have to, they have to have died during the current election Correct. cycle. And your donation, the donation would have had to be dated before. That's just bad luck, man. The, All my donors are dead. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> man. COVID. <laughs> Come to the nursing home real bad. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, look, in Kentucky politics, we know that the people on the back side of the cemetery have just as much right to vote as the people on the front side. And donate. <laughs> so, um, but I mean, <laughs> to have a parking company say, how did he get these numbers? Oh, <laughs> uh, Santos, you're headed to the federal pen, but we're going to have fun until that happens. <laughs> um, I, I guess staying national, but beginning to beginning to loop it back to, to the state of Kentucky. Um, apparently, uh, our favorite congresswoman from, uh, from the Bronx, AOC, does not know that Kentucky has a Democratic governor. Uh, I don't know if you saw yesterday in the committee hearing the, the first meeting of well, one of these oversight subcommittees or special committees on, on COVID money. Uh, she thought she was really getting one over on, on, on old James Comer and calling him out for why he only picked, was it Pennsylvania, New York, and uh, California, I think maybe? The three states that kind of they're focusing on to look at the look at unemployment-related COVID fraud. And she said, well, I don't know why you do that, because here's, here's something happened in Arizona. And the, and the worst example is Kentucky, where state employees took – 
took un- unemployment money and then hacked the system to take themselves out of it. And she said, well, was, and she said, well, why, why, why are we investing in Kentucky then? Would you, you, we should be bipartisan. Would you support investing? James Gover, Congressman Gover said, I would, I would welcome a joint investigation of <laughs> Kentucky and New York. I, mean, I would love to work with you on that. There is a 0% chance that she knew that Kentucky had her. She just thought, and, and here's what's funny. I followed a lot of the Twitter comments on all the liberals who were cheering around me like, yeah, you go get James Comer. <laughs> none of none of these people on Twitter, none of the commenters are like, yeah, get those get those Republicrats and, and yeah, our terrible Kentuckians. And no, none of these people actually, they all, I mean, they, I think that they, she like stands at the Hudson Bay and looks out and she sees red to the Sierra Nevadas. Yeah, yeah that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <right. laughs> She or, just assumed. Or she could just, like I said earlier, you know, she uh, could just not like centrist Democrats at all. Yeah, that, that, that could and, be true. I to mean, say. nothing she said was wrong. No, it was it's all accurate. It's just that, um, you know, it, it was painfully obvious that she was coming after her own team, right? Well, I mean, and th- there is a 0.0% chance that you will not see that in a campaign ad this fall. That's right. Whether it's, whether it's the RGA or, the, or whoever the candidate is. <laughs> you know, AOC just had, she had to feel the fire and, and what... Is shaping up to be a bad couple of days here for Andy Bashir after he had that poll come out. We'll get to it in a few here. You know, he's got a couple of couple of pieces of bad news that have popped up here the last few days for him. That that's that's you know I think is going to make a return in the fall and some paid paid advertisement. Uh, I mean, it's, it's I can't ever remember a member of their own party throwing an in cycle and highly targeted like by the party highly targeted. Uh, a member of their own party under the bus like like she did yesterday. It's kind of incredible. It's unforced error. I mean, yeah. we're not, you know, it happens to everybody. Um, but when those party people fly in for the fall elections, you think they'll be flying first class? We'll see. Nobody, um, nobody's uh, getting it. Nobody's getting it. I'm going to keep trying. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get it. <laughs> oh, it's another Jack Harlow <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, folks. That was painful. I'm not a listener, yeah. It's, it's not, it's not my, not my, not my the, 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 you don't music. listen to a lot of jazz. <laughs> it's not the of music that I, I tend to. Um, yeah, well, that was a bad joke. For listeners who can identify all the Jack Harlow lyrics that Jared says in this podcast. I, I mean, I have plenty more. I mean, if we want to whip out some like, you know. You don't listen to Dua Lipa? If we want to whip Ching. out some like, like Childish Gambino or some Kid Cudi or something, go. I, I go. go that direction. Look, Har- look, I, look one of the things I, I know and love dearly about my wife she will bring the knives out when you get into a drunken conversation about what's better, East Coast or West Coast rap. Because she will die on that hill of East Coast rap. So I, I stay will. far away from that. Far, far away. I mean, you know, my preferred rap is kind of pre-feud, but it's <laughs> on the older stuff. Yeah, All right, later. I won't make any more Jack Harlow song well, I mean, references. There'll be time for that. We'll get, okay. we'll get there. Um uh, as I was saying, you know, it, it's uh, Amy Bashir had a couple of stories this week that that came out. Um, you know, the AOC thing, notwithstanding, uh, earlier today, we're recording on on like said, the second and Thursday. Earlier today, there was a press conference at the Capitol with Republican members talking about uh, launching uh, investigations and, com- and hearings into the juvenile justice system. Um, you know, this is one. I remember what was it. A year and a half, two years ago, when the commissioner of juvenile justice left, and it was kind of, ooh, what just happened there? Because yeah. something, I mean, something, it was clear something strange had happened, and then there were accusations of hostile work environments and you know, all sorts of accusations cast about, and you know, now you pile on top of that, stories coming out in the Herald Leader and other places of very, very serious problems with the juvenile justice system. Um, you know, I, I know Abby, this is kind of is more. The general direction, at least, of issues that you tend to, to work on. I mean, I mean what, have, what have you heard banging around up there? I mean, it, it, and, you know, all these stories will talk about, to me, uh, if, you're, if you're constructing a narrative on Amy Bashir, this is feeding into a narrative that's kind of been bubbling under the surface that, that's now, at least among Republicans, that I think is getting more fuel to the fire and the ammo you need to go on air with it um, of of kind of executive incompetence and an inability to assemble a team to execute the job of governor. Where, you know, if you're, if you're going to run ads against him and make your argument as to why he should continue, you know, now you've got some, yeah, he may be a nice guy. His approval rings are, you may like him, but he's, he, he doesn't have the skills and the, the abilities necessary to do the job of governor. And you, you've got this stuff feeding. So, you know, 
kind of on the issue itself, uh, and Jared, feel, feel free to weigh in if you've heard stuff too, but you know, what, what are y'all hearing kind of what we've read in the paper and, and beyond on, on the issues of juvenile justice? Because this isn't a new thing. You know, it's yeah. kind of been bubbling on the surface for about two or three years. Well, I do yeah. want to put a little context. I think this is, it's not just to juvenile justice. You know, we just came off a mayor's race where they're talking about, why don't you have enough police? No, well, nobody has enough police. Yeah. Can't hire them. You know, uh, nobody nobody wants to do the job for the pay provided. Same problem with juvenile justice. Nobody wants to work corrections for the pay provided. Same problem with adult corrections. Nobody wants to work for the job for pay provided. Now you're seeing an increase in salaries. In fact, I just saw at the Fayette County Detention Center, they have a massive increase, massive benefits. And I know that the governor is trying to raise the salaries of the correction workers. And I just think, I mean, I think it's, where is this a year ago? The genders, but but the, but Where's the point this a year is, ago? The fact is, I mean, he didn't do that until the legislature had some pretty, what I would call, you know, fiery committees um, reviewing data, even with, uh, you know, justice cabinet officials at the table, and um, they'd make a claim, and then, you know, Representative Nemus would come back with data that he had himself. I, you know, I think it's it's definitely bad. It's probably going to be, a, it's probably a lot worse than we know. Um, and, and look, the fact is, um, these are kids, and they might be violent offenders, might not be. Um, but we have kids that are in incarcerated that are being subjected to sexual assault. That's unacceptable. It's barbaric. We've got kiddos that um, you know may be guilty or may be innocent still. We've got kiddos that are being put on, uh, put in cars and, and driven from Adair County to Jefferson and back because they're waiting for court dates. And I don't know if you've looked at a map, but that's pretty far away. Um, so I mean, yes, it's a broken system. Yes, certainly there's some blame on on Bashir for that. Um, but I think. The, the legislature is smart to look into it. Uh, it's definitely a problem. And, and look, if you don't have the staff to keep people safe, the least you can do is is hold a press conference and say it. It looked very much like the cabinet was trying to sweep these inc- incidents under the rug. I, I think that's, yeah, if we've learned anything from pretty much all of political history, it's it's the cover-up is worse, oh, yeah. worse than the crime. Right. And I think like, several of the things we're going to talk, we're gonna talk about here, I, I, I think the Bashir administration – their their natural inclination is to silo, is right. to is is to push people out of the circle, and to whether whether it's because they're they want to cover things up, they don't trust other people. I don't I don't know what the driving motivation is coming from them, but they they tend to operate in very small circles, and not let information out of those circles. And you know, for for good or for bad, for you know, good intentions, bad, whatever the the, the point of their oper- their their modus operandi is, it. It doesn't look good. Well, I think that's what the Morgan Watkins, I believe that's her name, uh, yeah, terrible yeah. names, her article about something else that I think you're going to cover here very shortly, she complained about the same thing. She can't get an answer out of the cabinet, period. Yeah, yeah it's, and, you know, and, and again, this is, the problems are now a lot more at the forefront, but, you know, hell, we still don't have answer, full answers on what the hell happened when the, when the, the director of juvenile justice got pushed out the door, like. That's still kind of murky. And we have firefighters in uh, Jefferson County who will not go back in the building because they can't guarantee guarantee the safety of their uh, emergency personnel. Yeah, it's think about that. You know, and there, there's another, there's another Harold Luter story too that was uh, that was this week about uh, which which county is it? Is it Lincoln County suing the state for for over? Uh, I thought it was Lincoln. The Same suit, thing. I'm kidding. Jail. I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's suing su- su- the state for over the, the reimbursement rate for uh, prisoners, and, and and you know it's it's we we have a we, we have an over incarceration problem in this state, but we also have a problem that we have we have an over incarceration problem in this country. We, we do, and especially when the feds incentivize incentivize incentivize. Uh, can't say all of a sudden. Spent too much time rapping this morning. I did. I did. I listened to way too much of Jack Harlow this morning. Um, you know, when they pay jailers to house more uh, inmates than they can because they make extra money off of them from the federal level down to state level down to the county level, and it becomes part of their budgets, these these small jails becomes part of their budgets to, to take more people than they can keep in. And then I'm not saying that that leads to this problem, but just we got to look at the whole system. We well, really do. I mean, well, it's, it's, it's not... But the over-incarceration problem, I think, is also partially fed by I, I know I know personally of three county judges that have told that have told me stories when Steve Bashir was governor, they the the state came down in some cases the governor with them and said, hey, we're gonna get you this money and build, build you this 
this nice new jail, and we're gonna we're gonna give you the prisoners to put in it, and it's gonna be like a jobs thing for you. You can run around and talk to everybody about how you created jobs and you're keeping your county safe. I know of three judges who declined it, really, and they are very happy that they declined it. Um, but it, it becomes this this self fulfilling problem where hey we're gonna give you money to build jails everybody likes you know a new jail goes up you're strong on law and order but then you got to put prisoners in it and then but then you you run into to the money problem and they got to staff it you got to staff it at some point in time the money runs out yep and you, you end up short somewhere and that's you know now you have did you look at was Lincoln I, I, I did. I've looked at jailers where... Yeah, but anyway, uh, one of the counties is, is suing, suing the state now, basically for, for not providing enough money for the state prisoners who are at their prison. Um, and it, it, it's kind of, you know, again, feeds into the same issue with juvenile justice is you've got people, you got violent offenders in with non-violent offenders, you have people waiting, awaiting trials in with people who are been convicted of crimes. Um, you have cell blocks that don't have guards. Yeah. Right, right. It's just, it's it's a... It's a mess right now. I mean, we need to look both both at how we're handling the incarcerated, but also who we're incarcerating. That's just it's 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 a problem. And but you know, in, in the immediate term, this is you know a, a political podcast. At the end of the day, you know, I, I whether Andy Bashir created the problem or not, he's the one holding the bag right now. Look, everybody wants to be a lion until it's time to do lion stuff, you know. Um, oh, you edited yourself. I did. Well, I was trying to be polite. Those of you who actually know me know I've, I've got the mouth of a sailor. It looks here like it's the Kentucky Jailers Association and Boyd, Campbell, Kent, and Marion counties. Okay. Yeah, I knew the Jailers Association was involved. So, you know, anyway, it's 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 problems. Uh, doesn't matter who created it. Uh, Andy Bashir is the one's probably going to have ads run against him on it. Because it's at, you know, the, the articles were written during his watch. And, and again, they have been less than forthcoming with information. And to Abby's point earlier, if you can't keep minors safe and you're, and you're entrusted with their care, uh, inmate or not, then you got to do something immediately about that. Hey, why, why, why was Matt Nether electable? Because he pardoned people who injured children. Yeah. And, you know, Andy Bashir's going to end up in the same boat here if he's not careful. Uh, piling on to Andy Bashir problems... <laughs> Um, another article from the from the Courier Journal this week about uh, school uh, uh, employee vacancy numbers. Now, when it, when you hear Andy Bashir talk, he always talks about teachers, and he usually throws around what ten thousand, eleven thousand vacancies. We don't have enough. Well, uh, Abby, the the Courier Journal reporting uh, shows numbers vastly vastly lower than than those. I know you've got some thoughts on how 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 the numbers are different. I, I think we can all agree that. It ain't 11,000. Yeah, and they certainly fluctuated. So I'll say that, uh, you know, to anyone's credit in this conversation who may have entered a number in that, that is no longer accurate, you know, those numbers at the beginning of the year and those numbers midway through the year are totally different numbers, um, and, and especially as, you know, we, you cross over semesters. So I can certainly see how those numbers would have changed. Um, and, and certainly those numbers d- encompass more than uh, just teachers. They encompass uh, classified staff as well, so your custodians, your bus drivers, those folks as well. Uh, the point is that there is a severe shortage of teachers and uh, of all staff in schools, and that's the point. Now, you know, we all have to be careful with numbers, especially when we're looking at something that could be drummed up into, uh, you know, ca- ca- causing something to be alarmist when we don't need to. Um, but you know, the numbers they do fluctuate. I mean, look, we've got what. 600,000 students in Kentucky um, in public schools, you're going to have teacher shortages um, that, that at some point could be 11,000, including classified staff. But you could also get down to 1,100. Those numbers, they, even in Jefferson County, will fluctuate drastically. So I, I wouldn't put too much faith in stock in that. But it's not a good look um, to be questioned on your numbers. And I, I feel certain that at next week's Education Committee, uh, there will be questions asked about those current numbers. Well, I think... <sighs> I think this is kind of making more of it than really than really there. Um, the, you, there is zero doubt we need teachers. We have a teacher shortage. There is zero doubt we need bus drivers. If you look at some of the bus routes and the length of time kids stand at yep. uh, bus stops, I mean, that's something that needs to be fixed ASAP. There's a Herald Leader piece out this morning. I forget if it's an op-ed or, or a column about uh, the lack of pay for the crosswalk work. I, I can tell you, at my kid's school, I don't know if they've reassigned the crosswalk crossing guard to, to another school or, or something, but it's been probably since the first year since I've seen the, the crossing guard who's normally always always there in front of the school. 
She's not there. So I don't know if she's been reassigned I or think, what. In Jefferson County, didn't they get into a big dispute over who pays for them? Oh, and that, that caused was, a huge problem? Yeah, that was, that was uh, 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 an argument I would not like to relive. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like me with me with the uh, the ambulance debate from last year. Right, right. <laughs> right. Was it a staffing problem or who's going to pay for it? Yeah. And the point being, nobody wanted to do the job. So, you know, I, and I don't blame anybody. I don't want to be a crossing guard at six in the morning. It's, you know, 17 degrees. Snowing, weather. yeah. Yeah, I don't want to do that. By the way, so, so totally off topic. I don't understand these parents that, you know, you got the, like, the drop off line. And then you have buses. And then you have walkers. I don't understand these parents who pull up, like, on the side of the road, you know, 100 yards from the school, and then get out and walk <laughs> their kid up to school. Why don't you just pull through the damn drop-off line? Well, it's, it takes you, you, and you can say, well, they're, they're trying to get in and out quick. No, it takes longer for you, to, for you to park your car on the side of the road, get out, and walk your kid up. It's, it's less safe I, as well. It is. I, I, just, I don't understand these parents. Everything you need to know about society, you can learn in the car pickup line. Look, That's all I've got to say. Planet Fitness may be a judgment-free zone. I will tell you, the most judgment ever is a school drop-off pickup line. <laughs> I mean, it is policed by the members, <laughs> and if you're out of line, oh, those looks, those looks. Oh, uh, yeah. Ooh, like in, in, do not mess up the flow. Oh, oh, oh in the mornings when you have the, like the one, the one kid that like the teacher's got to get halfway in the car to like yank the kid out. So. Yeah, and I always feel bad because usually some poor dad who doesn't do this regularly was not prepped properly by mom and is just out there with a confused hey, look. Hey, hey. No, I've been that guy. So I, I mean like I am the only one that does drop off. <laughs> I, I, I get you know, I get the we have the, the mic cube system for our garage door opener. So yeah. I, I get the thing on my phone when our garage door opens. <laughs> I'm at the gym like an hour into my workout and I get the garage door alert but the doors opened at eight forty five AM. Well I left the house at seven ten to drop the kids off at school. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the dad in the drop drop off just my wife has had no idea what to do. Don't, <laughs> yeah, that's me. Don't, that's don't me. poke I the beast of the drop-off pickup lines. And, I, and someone very nice came up to me and said, excuse me, can I help you? Well, that's because you're pretty. And I was like, uh, am I not supposed to be here? <laughs> they didn't yell at you. <laughs> it was the opposite place I was supposed to be. Jared did not give me good directions. That, that one was on me. Uh, that was on me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even remember where we were now. But uh, anyway, school numbers, not accurate. Um, and, and it also, once again, seemed like the... The paper, the courage on had issues getting information yeah. from from the Bashir administration. Yes, I just did a, uh, a physical comedy yeah. sketch on a podcast. Yeah, I apologize. I'm watching on New Channel 6. <laughs> <and see theories. laughs> so stay, stay tuned for our Patreon. You can watch watch for the line. <laughs> um, another Bashir issue. Why, we're not going to split these up, huh? Another Bashir issue. Oof. Chips. So, uh, I didn't get one. Several th- well. <laughs> Neither did a lot of people. No. Several thousand people who uh, the Bashir administration apparently sent out checks, which, by the way, I'm told arrived with a note from Andy Bashir with the oh checks. Oh, my gosh. Um, so it came out from the, the Team Kentucky, West Kentucky uh, charity thing. They raised like $54 million for tornado relief. Checks went out. There is now a lot of controversy. At least 180 or so have been returned. Which, uh, Jared, you've worked out around the state pretty well. If there's 180 returned, mm. how many more other people didn't actually, weren't supposed to get them that, like, I'm surprised 180 got returned. Yeah, especially now with, with uh, if you're doing big, I don't know if the state did this, but if you do, like, big mailings, they can automatically yeah. correct it, you know, and before it gets returned. So, uh, assuming that didn't happen, uh, what, 500, I'm guessing, just off the top of my head? Yeah, because it was only, like, 2,000 or so... Was it two thousand or so? The checks went out. It's like two hundred thousand dollars or so. Well, and these aren't dishonest people. I mean, no. necessarily. Like we've all. I mean, we got checks during COVID. We didn't need. You know, um, checks been coming out to people all over the place. So if you get a thousand dollar check from yeah, but, the, but there's also some people. I mean, I'm gonna I cash got, it. We, right? you know, we, we got I talked about the podcast back in 2020. We got a an EBT card, like a, a yeah. snap card, because it's paid. Because Fayette County, my my kid goes to a to a, to a free free school lunch school. Um, and so they sent out, I guess, to every, the family of every uh, every family that had a kid at that school. And, uh, and I said, I'm, I'm not going to use it. I don't feel right, you, you know, using yeah. this freaking snap card going in. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm buying buying a six pack of like, you know, fourteen dollar craft beer, and then using a snap card to buy 
just snack food for the kids. I, I, I didn't use it. It's sitting in a drawer over there. Yeah, yeah. Some just, people were able to take those, and um, you know, the, the problem being you had to you you had to be the one the, the, the purchaser. So yeah. we had some folks that went to grocery stores and purchased the food and donated it to food banks. But you know, a huge snafu there. Um, I think which. But, but anyway, this whatever. this this is a whole different issue because. Once again, once again, disputed information. FEMA's involved too on this, right? Yes, you read the Herald Leader story, uh, which which I would recommend everybody do. Um, the Herald Leader asked the 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 state about it. The state said, "Well, I don't. We got the list from FEMA. If there's any fraud or issues on it, it's it's FEMA's fault, basically. Uh, it's people who got insurance claims and who got uh, and who applied through FEMA. Well, FEMA then came back and said, "Well, we scrubbed the list. Like this is the post the post fraud list. Like the." Yeah, there's still maybe one or two people on it, but Scary. this is the scrub uh, list. So, and is there is there a plausible way for somebody in Northern Kentucky to get these checks? And they were they went to the person they're supposed to go. Like maybe somebody that owned a building, and I, and I know I'm reaching, but it's somebody that owned a building in Mayfield. Well, but the, the issue is that a lot of these people, at least the ones that have been able to be contacted, said we didn't file for FEMA yeah, okay. and we yeah. didn't file for insurance. And here's the other thing: I know of people whose houses were totally destroyed. Who did file for insurance and did file through FEMA did not get checks. Wow. So the Bashir administration is not being honest as to where this list came from, how they got it, why they sent it, how many were sent, how many should have gotten it. My understanding is that this is not the end of this story. The Herald Leader has dug into it. And by the way, this is something I emailed John Cheeves probably eight months ago. And I said, John, I said, you guys need to keep an eye on this freaking fund because I've been looking. And I cannot find anywhere where this thing is uh, is a registered IRS sanctioned governed charity of any sort. It is not, and, and it's not because this thing is run just as a line item on out of a damn cabinet. It's it's literally if people thought they were donating to a charity. They're not. They're donating to the state of Kentucky. That's managing it. In in and the Bashir administration was then asked like, well, could we come in and audit this thing to make sure there's not more mistakes? And they said no. Yeah. It is. This is it's a bad look. They're attempting to both have it as a charity, but have none of the none of the IRS uh, instituted safeguards, transparency, and oversight that, that, that being a five hundred one c like a normal charity would be. None of that exists in this organization. And by the way, anybody out there who's doing your taxes, do not deduct this off of your state taxes because it's not deductible. I don't care what they tell you. It's not a damn IRS five hundred one c charity. This is the biggest scam I've ever seen. Now, scam's a little tough word. Scam's a tough word. But here's the deal: they raised what fifty four point six million for this, something like that. Yeah. Fifty four point six to fifty six. I do know that it's at uh, Belterra. They had a little box for your uh, vouchers if you didn't want to cash out <laughs> under a dollar. So it's just literally like forty eight cent <laughs> slot vouchers. Sorry. But so, so, so they, you know, they, here's my point: is they could spend $53 million on doing very good uh, good work and putting the money to good, to good use. Two million bucks is still a lot of slush fund. Yeah, and, yeah. and there's no oversight. They were, they're, they're pushing back, resisting efforts to audit it. This is, this is a freaking problem. Well, the, the, the question is, why are they pushing back on that? I and, mean, and, that and, seems like a pretty and, simple and why, thing. And why didn't they set it up as a 501c? Why is it being right. run as this, as this weird hybrid entity out of, out of the cabinet? Like, wh- why is it set up like that? I, I don't understand why it was established like that, because it deprives the the already existing infrastructure of of uh, auditing, of transparency, and of accountability that, that, that a 501c has in place with with, with the IRS system. Like, I, I don't understand why the administration set it up like this. I don't understand why they're resisting auditing. My, I've been told that there is, there's going to be more coming out in the very near future, uh, that's going to only make this look worse in the Bashir administration. And yet again, it's an issue where they, whether they don't know, they're intentionally hiding stuff, or they're just being obtuse, they're being argumentative with the paper and not right. giving them stuff, either not giving it to them or not giving it to them in a timely manner, and it just makes them look look guilty of something. Right. Whether it's intentional or sloppy, it doesn't really matter at this point. And, you know, you have to wonder on those checks, too. We, we definitely saw with unemployment how... 
you know, Jacqueline Coleman's hairdresser got yeah. got special treatment. I certainly hope it's not one of those cases again. But I, you know, it, it again, it is not a good look, and it's showing, uh, quite frankly, a really concerning pattern. And this is just for the tornado, right? They kept Team Kentucky open for the floods in Eastern Kentucky, it, it, correct? It's a separate fund, same system, separate the, fund though. The same, yeah, it's a separate fund. Okay, it's it's but established in the same manner. Also, not not a charity. Do not don't you know the Trump won't. Thanks, Trump can't donate it off for federal taxes, but. You can still take state uh, charitable donations for state taxes, um, you know. So don't don't deduct it. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's worrisome. I've been worried. Like I said, I I'd have to go back and look, but I think it was six or eight months ago. I emailed Jeeves. I was like, "Hey man, y'all ought to keep an eye on this thing because I I got concerns about the way that this thing is, is set up and, and structured uh, because it's not the normal oversight of a charity is not there. And it's you know, I'll say this. Uh, Adam Bowling is the new chair of the of the, the oversight committee that they established in the House. I texted Adam the other day. And I know Adam listens to the podcast. Adam, if you want me to help help do PR for you, let me know. Because this, I mean, Adam, you, Adam, you, and Adam, there's Adam, our shameless plug of the week. Brought Adam, to you by <laughs> Adam. Get him. Adam, get him Fox News with this. I mean, this is like yeah. you know, he could be a he could be on. Uh, shout out to people. shout out to Adam. I knew his dad, but I had never really met him. He came up and introduced himself to me in the annex solely because of this podcast. So thanks for listening, Adam. He's a good dude. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we beat up on Andy Bashir for a while. Let's beat up on some other people. Yes. <laughs> um, let's start. With, you guys want to start with uh, Mail Piece, Jack Harlow, or or or, or uh, Blown Tires? I, the Mail Piece. I'm sorry. It's so good. If you haven't seen this mail piece, this we'll is Eric on, Dieters we'll running for Twitter. governor on the Republican ticket. He is a disbarred lawyer from Northern Kentucky, and he makes the Tea Party look sane. It is, uh, and I'll let Trey pile on here. My favorite. There's a, there's on the back. There's a list of uh, only Eric's. So only Eric does this and that. Probably 20, 25 of them. My favorite is the first one. Only Eric will defend all your constitutional rights to the death. Is he really going to die to keep to British soldiers out of your home? Uh, to, to be perfectly honest, commitment. if I was a member of the United States Senate and was on uh, committees that had to do hearings on U.S. Supreme Court justices, I would ask every one of them what they're going to do to strengthen our Third Amendment rights. <laughs> I think we, you know, we don't talk nearly enough about our Third Amendment isn't, rights. Isn't there a Simpsons episode where Homer goes <laughs> on a rant? like, you don't want the King of England coming in your home and putting people <laughs> I think there is. Uh, there's actually a Third Amendment society that you can join online. <laughs> I, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> um, yeah, there's some other. There's right, some, so that's a great one. Trey, what's your, your favorite? Trey, you well, should post this well, on uh, I'll, I'll podcast put, Twitter. I'll put it on podcast Twitter. Um, I mean, well, first of all, you got to like, only Eric is endorsed by Trump, by Trump Bahers, B-I-H-E-R-S. I think that's supposed to be bikers and ride for 45 misspelled bikers uh, I also like on the mail piece that went out yes. yeah, I also right. like consecutive lines only Eric has mountain blood <laughs> dash Harlan County followed immediately by uh, uh, only Eric is always uh, is only Eric is from the always ignored northern Kentucky so he's both from the mountain and from northern Kentucky maybe he's from a hilltop in northern <laughs> Kentucky like well it says Harlan County I mean he's got his personal cell phone on here yes. I'm like oh buddy by the way I, I sat next to uh to uh, uh, I'm gonna sign him up for Democratic Senate <laughs> uh, text fundraising. <laughs> text. I, I, I sat next to a to Ashley Judge Grandma one time at a at a Lincoln dinner in in Asheville or in Ashland rather, and uh, Penny, and she told me she I, I said something about Ashley. She said ah, oh. she said Ashley Ashley thinks she's from the mountains because she lives on the highest hilltop in in Davidson County Tennessee. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm trying to. There's one other one on here that I thought was hilarious. Um, it's all good. Yeah, I can't I mean, wait for. I can't wait. Do for we want to talk about this. only Eric works 20 hours a day or 20 hour days? <laughs> dash living on naps. <laughs> now, to be fair, I live on naps as well. Naps are. I took one earlier today. Naps are great. I'm all for it. I don't put on a mail piece and brag about it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> do we want to talk about the um, the four strategy of sending direct mail February 1st? <laughs> I mean, for a late May Look, primary, I mean, if you're coming from behind, you gotta get, well, you gotta get aggressive. Here's right? the thing about mail: if you're gonna, I mean, let's just talk pure, pure political strategy. Throw out the fact he's a crazy person and just talk pure <laughs> political strategy. You know, when you mail's like television or radio. Once you go up, can't stop. You gotta stay up. So once you start mm-hmm. spending mail, you gotta, you gotta keep up the drumbeat. Okay. So is he, is he gonna keep sending mail between now and no? Election? I no. doubt it. 
Only Eric Please. is calling for all the tax reform you want. How does he know what kind of tax reform I want? <laughs> so, I, so, I look forward to more mailers. I am really hoping. Like, I, I mean, this is my second favorite mailer of the last nine months, right behind the the Jeff Young one with the characters <laughs> of the U.S. Supreme Court on it. I like that. I like that one too. Again, as somebody who's been sued by Jeff Young, I have to be very careful what I say. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know if you saw too the the graphic he put up on social media on Twitter that's like a list of all the people that he I guess that he that he hates or he has grievances with and it's oh. like it's like Dieters or Jeff Young Dieters okay it's like ninety people <laughs> <laughs> and and they're they're all they're all yeah they're hilarious uh, make sure you check that one on social media as well um, you know I, I mean. Hey, you got us. He, we just did probably five minutes on it, so <laughs> yeah. there's that. I mean, that's a free earned media. <laughs> um, anyway, check out the. We'll, we'll put the mail piece up on. Up I on challenge Twitter. all other Republican primary candidates to have a better <laughs> mail piece that makes me makes us spend five minutes on. I challenge at least one Republican candidate to to send out a mail piece uh, point by point, <laughs> responding to all of Eric Dieter's claims. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I like this too. Only Eric farmed from 18 to 19. Uh, eight, from, from, eight, eight, from 8 to 19, which, by the way, I would say Ryan Corolls probably would dispute that. Um, and beyond real farm work, race horses, tobacco, corn, wheat, hay, cattle, dash every conceivable job from cleaning out horse stalls to building fence. To, build, to building fence. To building, he, built, he built a fence. To, to a be fence. fair, I mean, Ryan Corolls probably been farming since he was born. So, I mean, technically, yeah, he's I guess not he's right. incorrect. He's put specific, you know, he started at eight. So. Yeah. Well, that's a nice segue into Tiregate. Into Tiregate, yes. Uh, Tiregate 2022. I, I have I extra intel on Tiregate. Ooh, let's go. Uh, I've, been, I've been informed on, on some of the backstory on it. So, uh, yeah, Ryan Corolls put up on, on uh, Facebook and Twitter that he... Uh, he, this picture of him taken by, I'm told, Cam, I, I think he, he said on social media, uh, Cameron Durham, his campaign staffer, took the picture of Ryan changing a tire, blown tire. And it's at, it's pitch black. Yeah, yeah, it's dark out. It's nighttime. Uh, I am told, by the way, that Ryan ran over a carabiner or something else on the road that popped a tire. Um, and, and, but it was in. What's was, a carabiner? Like uh, the thing, like clip your clip a thing to your backpack with. Like, you, are, are you, How does that blow out a truck tire? Well, if it's like if it's popped out, it's not clipped in. It's on the ground. You can run over. Which one? The thing you use when you repel? Yeah. How does that blow out a truck tire? <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm giving you the intel I got, man. Um, anyway, uh, it was in Georgetown, and he left the truck and went back to the house and got. A oh, that's where the mystery jack comes from. That's where the ah. mystery jack comes from. It wasn't. It wasn't like Joe Girth had some questions. Well, the, so here's my two favorite things about it. One was that was people claiming that Ryan did it as some sort of PR stunt. He actually blew the tire, and he actually changed it himself. And I, I put on Twitter, I know Ryan better than most people involved in politics. He's one of my best friends. Ryan Quarles is too fucking cheap to pay for a tow truck or a AAA membership. There's 0% chance that he, like, it was some sort of stunt, and, like, there was a tow because people were like, oh, there's probably a tow truck behind the guy taking the picture. No, Ryan Quarles is that cheap. I guarantee he changed his own tire. Uh, and and the other side of it is is yeah like the, the Jack thing, uh, you know everybody's like well the, everybody's biggest problem was I, I can't I, it's clearly staged if he's got that floor jack well you know I told I replied to Gareth I said I said, I said I've seen all sorts of crap in the back of this truck but that is big heavy and could potentially be useful on the road so it wouldn't shock me if he had it in the back it of the truck to, to hold to hold down four by eights because those things are. Or basically, big. Cats. How many four by eights have you lost on the on the mountain parkway? Because I have an answer to this. I've never it's lost five. Any, I've never lost any because I've never driven on a truck. <laughs> okay, that's a lesson you learn once. Yeah. Speaking of Jerry's tire shave, this man has blown more tires than anyone I've ever met in my life. That's a fact. So you know, we we you are not the authority on what can break a tire. Oh yes, I am. If I have that <laughs> no, many flat tires. <laughs> you know, nonetheless, it is pretty cool that somebody running for for governor is is the kind of kind of guy who changes own tires i mean i think that's that's the message here it is pretty cool especially in a field that's really crowded and you know there's a lot of criticism of kelly craft on you know is she really one of us and you know and it, it, yeah i mean sure parts of it were staged uh but he didn't you're right he, he did blow the tire he did change it himself i think it's pretty cool well and, and you know it plays into the general what you know he and Jared, you've worked on campaigns. Like you take advantage of what you got. Yeah. And he he blew right. a, he blew a tire. Well, guess what? Him changed his own tire, which needed to be done regardless of whether or not there was a picture. Oh, I have no play, problem with play, that. Play, play, plays into the entire narrative of his campaign that like right. 
he's the blue collar candidate out there, you know, hoofing it around the state and showing up at every event and and you know the, he's the little guy. So you know, I, think it's great I did I did appreciate the comments. I won't name the senator, but there was a state senator that oh. did a drive by on Chase, it. Jason Howell, <laughs> <laughs> just shooting strays at other <laughs> stray, Some other candidates got some stray bullets from Senator House comments. <laughs> It was just amazing to me that it turned into like that big. It, it's funny if you if you go on the Corals Facebook page and read the comments, everybody's like, "Yeah, that's the guy I want." Yeah, whatever. <laughs> then you go on Twitter, and, and just to tell you the different user bases of the two mediums, you go on Twitter, and it's like it's clearly fake. <laughs> like, why has he got that jack? <laughs> it's it's just it's hilarious to me to see the different the the, the different responses between the two the two social media platforms because I mean it's it's night and day. It's a stark contrast between the two. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll stay on the gubernatorial candidates. Uh, Kelly Craft had a uh, had a tweet up last night. Uh, she was attending the GLI uh, dinner. Abby, I'm now mad we didn't go. <laughs> we had tickets that we didn't go. They're, they're giving Jack Harlow an award. If I'd known that, I would have gone. And uh, <laughs> and Kelly Craft's campaign put, took a picture of her. I guess you would call it speaking with Jack Harlow backstage. At, at maybe at at accosting. Uh, it, it's just it's a very awkward picture. It was clearly taken under duress, <laughs> Jack Harlow's part. Um, and this is why Twitter comment sections are so much better than Facebook comment sections, because the comedy that was done on that tweet. Why don't you why don't you get, read a few of your your favorites here, Jared? I think you got pulled up. Build that wall around Kelly Craft to keep her from harassing Jack Harlow. <laughs> Ma'am, don't make me defend Jack Harlow. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna look at this picture again. Whereas, I mean, there's a, there's a it's, it looks one. like it looks like he's walking away and she's she is talking to him, and then he actually turns to face her, and he's in like military at rest, like arms behind his back. <laughs> it, it looks like when you're in high school back when we were, and you went to the mall, and you were smoking in the mall. And your next door neighbor, the wife next door, your friend's mom catches you and she's talking down to you. She's giving, I'm not going to tell your parents, but I don't want to see that again. That's what this picture I, is giving me so much I vibes saw, of. I saw a tweet that was, that was the, like the, the, the look, the look when your teacher, uh, <laughs> yeah, the look when your, when your teacher says, come see me after class. Yeah. I mean, there, I'm not other mad. Shots. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, there's other shots from behind too. You know, I mean, th- I think the point is if it was a, a, a picture taken with consent, we would have seen the fronts of their faces. Um, so, you know, it's, I, it's just a weird move. I, I uh, for the U of L fans, all four of you that listen, uh, here's a funny one. When a UK hoops fan tries to talk to you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I like Kelly. Uh, I saw Kelly yesterday. Yeah. I, had, I hadn't seen her in person in probably four years. Uh, she gave me a big hug. We chatted for a second. I like Kelly. I think she's being done a considerable disservice by her consultants and some of her staff. Mm. I think that they're, they're, you know, they had the whole controversy over the first ad, which yeah. which I mean, we haven't even talked about. It. Well, they're leaning into it, they're right? Lean, they're laying yeah. into it now more, which I think, you know, you know, I mean, we, to, I finish up, we can talk about her statement in response to it, which I thought was a little cringy. Um, I, I, I think she's being given poor advice by her consultants. Uh, you know, she's a first-time candidate. Regardless how much money she's got, regardless how many how many campaigns she's been around, Y'all know when when you're when it's your name on the ballot, it's different. And I think she's she's still as known as she may be in the political world. She's still a first time candidate, and I think she's I think she's getting some bad advice from consultants, man. I, and I think it's you know, I think it's it's going to potentially uh, hurt her her name and the the good work she's done statewide for for a while because I she's. It, I, I worry about that because as, as someone who I consider a friend. Well, I mean, I think this comes at a bad time. First of all, I don't really think her base will care. No, it, this plays nothing no. to the base. Right, I mean, so gets, gets it just, yeah, media. but I mean, she's starting to make moves in the polls, you know, and uh, she's spending tons of money. So it, it's just, yeah, it's, in, I just, I don't know why that picture ever made it to social media. No, it, it right, shouldn't right. have. Staffers shouldn't have posted that. They should have asked for the, for the picture of the faces. And yeah. Can you right. get the one where you're posing? Yeah. <laughs> Well, and so you know, on on the the MTC the table piece, you know, there they gave response to media outlets on it late last week, that basically said, "I'm offended that you're offended at what I said," 
And it's almost like their their statement almost pit families of survivors of addicts versus families who've lost family members to, to, to drug addictions. Yeah. It was almost like, well, you, you clearly don't understand. When the people that they're talking, and I think I think their statement was directed at the media, but you know, again, the way that you once once you put a, a media statement or anything any public utterings out into the into the ether, they go wherever. I mean, I think they intended it tended it to be directed at the media, but the way I read it, it seemed like it was directed at the people who were objecting to the the empty chair comment, which would be. Mostly people who have lost loved ones to to opioid addiction. It and it was a, it was a cringy it was a cringy statement when I read it. Eventually, I think that that you know that'll leave the news cycle and and folks will largely forget, especially happening so early. I just think whenever you know, and it maybe goes back to your your comment about advice, uh, maybe some bad advice. But when you say I have experienced this, and you say that empty chair, everybody knows what you mean. Um, and I, I just think you can't really walk back from that. You know, that's um, that's a yeah, very you, tough issue that causes a lot of Kentuckians a lot of pain. Uh, and I, I just I wish that she hadn't said I and that everything would be different. Here's the thing. If she had run the second ad first, very good point. Very we good wouldn't point. be having any of this. Any, any problem. The, I thought the second ad was great. Yep. Uh, the, the, the sharp cuts. It's got a little bit of a different sound to it. It's got. I like. I like political ads that don't. Do you look, like it because it has just straight Republican red meat about the border? Well, that's what I'd be doing in a rose primary. <laughs> yeah, I uh, but, but I mean, but I also like political ads. Forget the con. Forget the 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 messaging. I like political ads that cut through the political ad, mm-hmm. the usual political ad thing. You know, it, it it looks and sounds a little different. It's got some herky jerkiness. It's got some kind of. It, it's just it's got a little something different to it than like a regular like like the first ad was. And first, you get to see her spunk in there, which you, you know it's it's good to see that come yeah, out. Yeah, right? if, if they hadn't done the first ad at all and had started with the second ad, I think it, a we wouldn't have this empty chair thing. And I I just think the messaging and the look and the feel of the second ad was better. But I think she's also built her whole campaign kind of messaging and theme around this this table thing you know she talked about it at her watch yeah, it's gonna be it's, tough to abandon it yeah but you like, might have to she's on her, her kitchen table tour of the state like the table is is a is part of their is, is their main storytelling vehicle and, 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 and i don't have any problem with that I, I truly think one word change in that first ad we would not be having this that's a very good point you know so let's go back to a little bit of the strategy of going up early on tv um She's up early. She's spending a ton of money, right? So that's part of its name ID and part of it's like, can I get other people to go up as well and try to and make them bleed them dry and then, you know, sweep over them at the end. Mm-hmm. But how long can Quarles and Cameron let her have the airways to herself? I think Cameron can't wait too long. I think Quarles can a little bit. So here's, here's one thing that I think exists. I think Ryan has a soft name ID that is not reflected in the polls that have been out there yet. I think because I think his name is out there and people know it. They just may, may not make the connection between Ryan Cole's ag commissioner and Ryan Cole's governor. You know, they see the name at the gas pumps at on the, the, uh, the, the, you know, your checkout counter with this, with the self scan. Like, yeah, but the, I mean, the name that... is out there, but I, I think, I think that once he starts spending money, that the, that kind of back of your head name ID that doesn't really show in the polls, his his name ID will come up faster with with spending. I think Cameron's already ref- that any of that's already reflected with Daniel. A he doesn't have a job that that you kind of casually come into contact with his name, um, but he also has a job that typically gets gets louder headlines. Right. So his most of his name ID existing from his job is already out there, whereas a lot of Ryan's is like back of your head. You just you know, repetition of name. I, I think once once he starts spending people, that that name ID will go up fast. So I don't know. I don't know that he has to worry. But I think Cameron needs needs to worry because I think Cameron's probably at the apex of where where his numbers are going to be. He just needs to hold on for dear life and hope that he he can finish in front of everybody. Which means he needs to get up and either a stop whatever dissension or eating into his numbers that has happened because of Kraft or uh, you know, try to pick up whatever he doesn't already have in name ID. Um, I just think you know they're the two that are going to have the most resources to go to go up early. Uh, you know, Ryan's kind of playing a different. He's he's playing a totally different ball game. And that's that's one of the things I love about this race is you have two candidates that are that are playing baseball, and you got one candidate that's you know over here playing checkers. 
Yeah. And, and well, one thing that makes Cameron really different is he's by far the best public speaker in that group. Yeah. Um, no questions asked. And so, you know, yeah, yeah, he's going to have to get on the airwaves. But I think, too, once debates start happening and people start seeing him answer those questions, I mean, he's polished. He's incredibly good at public speaking. And he might win some folks over in that. I'll say this, though. Once the debates start, Quarles, I think, has the largest breadth of of knowledge. He's got 43 degrees. He does. <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah. I, so I think it'll be interesting to see Daniel's polish versus Ryan's knowledge base in a debate. Yep. You know, who comes across looking better? Um, you know, Daniel being able to give you very polished, well-rounded sound bites on a couple of things, mm-hmm. or Ryan, you know, given you know, three-minute-long dissertations on stuff. Yeah, it, it, it'll, just be, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how those how their two skill sets play out in a in a in a, in a debate. Uh, as far as I know, they haven't had any. I know they're they're all speaking. I don't know if they're speaking together or like consecutively at the County Judges Association today. Um, I, I know they're they're all speaking in, at least in some level of adjacency. Um, so I'm trying to think of primary speak where they all speak together. Hillbilly Days comes to mind. I may well, actually go the, down there for the, that. The Jefferson County. Well, hell, we ought to go down and do a podcast. That's good. No, I'm <laughs> yeah. I love Hillbilly Days. Uh, the, Je- the Jefferson County Republican Party is having a debate in March. KT, I assume, to do the televised one. Uh, yeah. It uh, looks like they've all committed to KSR to do a okay. KSR debate. Okay, yeah. Um, and then, you know, I, I'm just trying to think back to o- 07, but I remember a lot more debates in 07, a lot more. Not necessarily debates, but but uh, joint forums in 07 that I that I recall in 11. Uh, I, you know, I didn't work on the 15 governor, 15 or 19 governors races, uh, but seven and 11 I was on the both primaries, and seven I, there was a ton of like. I remember the AARP did a did and, and I think along with a couple of different groups did did a forum at the Kentucky History Center. There was a whole bunch of of they weren't debates, but they were. You know, let's ask the same candidate. Let's ask the you know the candidates to give them a chance to all answer the same the same question. It, the live survey. Yeah. <laughs> so I you know I, I don't know how many of those there will, there will be this year. Um, it it be it'd be interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see how some of those play out. That the ones that aren't just speeches, where you, mm-hmm. you know they're, you're you're getting you're getting uh, extemporaneous questions from yeah. from a panel of people of some sort. Uh, I think that'll that'll be interesting to, to watch. Uh, uh, by the way, I'm fully in for a podcast at Hillbilly Days. That's, when is when is that? Just in April sometime. Yeah, that was the one uh, in 2015. The McCracken County Republican Party stupidly scheduled their Lincoln Day dinner the day before Hillbilly Days, like Ugh, Friday night. It's a bad hit. Also, we had a fundraiser for Corals in Paducah that Thursday night. So I dropped Ryan off with an intern for the Lincoln Day dinner. I, I actually drove from there, from Paducah to Lexington, picked up my wife and that boy only had one son, came up here and looked at the looked looked actually looked at the house that we're sitting recording in right now, <laughs> toured the house, spent an hour here, an hour and twenty minutes here, then negotiated with my real estate agent on what our offer on the house would be while I was driving to Pikeville. <laughs> um, wow. spent the night at the Hilton Garden Inn there in Pikeville, uh, woke up the next morning, went to the airport and picked up Whitney Alice Whitney Westerfield, Allison Ball and Ryan Quarles, who had all flown they drove after the McCracken and Lincoln and drove to Hopkinsville. Oh wow! And spent the night at Whitney's house, and then Whitney's brother or somebody flew him over in a plane, and so we had all three of them. And I was like, oh, that's, that's probably a bad idea because it was like really low cloud cover that day. And like, we could have like wiped out half the GOP ticket that year <laughs> <laughs> in a fiery plane wreck. I've uh, marched in two Hillbilly Day parades for candidates. Um, Never been in the parade. I've, I've, I've been. Help help manage the speaking for candidates. The speaking parts. Speaking parts. Interesting. The only parade I ever walked in was for Mayor Gorton here in Lexington on a Fourth of July parade, and I am telling you, it was the hottest, most horrible enterprise of my life. It's the longest mile I've ever walked. Oh, we got to do the Campbellsville Fourth of July parade. That thing's like two miles long. I've always told statewide clients, you got to do Hillbilly Days, you got to do Election on July Fourth, and you got to do St. Patty's Day in Louisville. Ca- and like Cam- those, Campbellsville is the big Fourth of July. One. Yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, uh, not Edgewood. Um, Fort Mitchell has a big one in Northern Kentucky. Yeah, I th- is that the is that the night one? I don't know. There's one in Northern Kentucky that's an evening. Because I think typically, <laughs> be I, think ti- oh, I think typically what you end up doing is you do you do Campbellsville morning, then you can you can make it from Campbellsville to Lexington in time to hit Lexington. Yeah. And then there's one I want to say it's it's Northern Kentucky that's that's a that's an afternoon or, or you know early evening one 
where you can do those three in kind of a loop. Uh, I'm trying to think what the what the what are the what the festivals are that you that you like have to do. Um, Mount Laurel is good because it's right after the primary. Uh, Mount Laurel Festival, Hillbilly Days, obviously, obviously Fancy Farm, um, State Fair, the State Fair. Uh, specifically the ham breakfast if you only go one day. You know, court days in Montgomery County comes and goes. But, um, man, but there's so many out-of-towners in court days. Like, yeah. like out-of-staters. Um, cow days is a pretty good one. Cow days. Ham days. Jenny Wiley days. Corn festival. Chicken festival. And, chicken um, festivals. That's what but, I meant. But, but again, chicken Sorghum festivals, festival. But chicken festivals, it's kind of like uh, court days. You got a lot of out-of-staters mm-hmm. at it. Like, you know, um, one one that's... that's uh, that's a little bit off the map, but I think it's a good one. Is Reed's Apple Orchard Festival because there's not oh. a ton of festivals in, in Owensboro that you can that are mostly locals. Yeah, because you got like the International Barbecue Fest and stuff, but that's you know again right. a lot of Adesaders. Same with the bourbon stuff in Bardstown. Yeah, Reed's yeah. A- Reed's Apple Orchard is a lot more locals. Um, that was where I once saw uh, Elaine uh, Elaine Chow eat two funnel cakes. <laughs> that's also where my favorite David Boswell story. So, 2008, where uh, we get this debate. Um, uh, there's a debate in Bowling Green and. Uh, this is Brett Guthrie against Boswell, and I've got all these college Republicans, and we have signs made up. And one side of the sign is like Brett Guthrie, job creator, like go Brett, go. Well, the other side of the sign is like David Boswell's a liar. <laughs> this was after the D chip had released an ad that I was able to, to definitively prove that they lied about. Uh, it said Brett Guthrie's company shipped jobs to Mexico. What happened, you know, this year was, believe it or not, the D chip had bad op research. Um, they they had found and because I, I found what they found they found a the abstract of a Sunday edition Bowling Green Daily News article that if you only read the abstract it did make it seem like Trace Diecast has shipped jobs to Mexico. Problem is the Sunday edition of the Bowling Green Daily News is not available on like Newsbank and, and, and I went down to the Bowling Green Daily News and pulled a hard copy of it. Oh wow! And it was in Trace Diecast had was selling a part. To a company that was in, I want to say Terre Haute or somewhere, or Vincennes, somewhere up in Indiana, that company moved to Mexico. And mm-hmm. Trace kept kept selling the part to that company. So they didn't move any jobs. They just, they're the people that they, their customer moved. Um, so we, you know, we were able to prove that it was a lie. So we, anyway, we had signs. David Boswell was a liar. My favorite sign I made was a giant building. I made this myself a giant building that said Executive Inn on it and a wrecking ball flying out of it that said David Boswell. <laughs> R.I.P. Executive Inn. Uh, yes, but so so Boswell showed up first, and I had all these college Republicans, and they had the, you know, the the mean side, and they like sidled along along by Boswell, literally from his truck all the way into the the event venue. It was like eight of them, like walked alongside of him the, the whole way. Well, Brett got there. They look, hey, Brett, yeah, and <laughs> Boswell walks up to Brett at uh, at that debate says. Hell of, a, hell of a welcoming crew you had for me out there. Brett has no idea that we did this. All he saw was the positive sign. Brett says, yeah, those great kids, aren't they? <laughs> so we go to the Reed's Apple Orchard Festival, and Boswell, it's like me and Scott Jennings and Brett, and we had like eight or nine college Republicans with us. I think all my interns for the ball. I mean, we had like a whole crew. Right. So we're like, and Boswell and his wife are walking out like solo, just by themselves. And Brett's like, oh, hey, David, how you doing? Like, and, and Boswell goes, sorry, I didn't have a crew to welcome you. Like, you had to be Bowling Green. Still, still very bitter. Brett's like, oh, yeah, those college kids are great. 2008 was the year that uh, Lunsford got accused of stealing a yes. tape recorder. Oh, Richard St. Ods. And the McCracken County Sheriff got involved. They had to pull St. Ods off the campaign trail. Yeah. Um, wow. That was the greatest night of wingman work I've ever seen in my entire life. So... So after they pulled St. Ons off the campaign trail, um, he they had to do something. He was on the payroll, and but he he was Lunsford tra- Lunsford tracker, and he couldn't like track anymore because he's you know impending litigation with, <laughs> with, with, with Lunsford. Um, so they just had him like they had him out on the bus tour doing advance work. Uh, so uh, Jennings, David Williams, and Richard St. Ons are in. Uh, in a bowling green on September fifteenth because it was the night before my birthday, and we go. We I was go, like, "Wow, how'd you know that?" But that we, makes sense. We, the, the four of us go out to eat at this Mexican restaurant next door to their hotel, and uh, David Williams starts working the waitress for for Richard, <laughs> telling Richard that like that like he's a trust fund baby and like oh, this is just, just this ridiculous. I mean, and I mean David's just I mean he's just laying it on this girl, <laughs> and <laughs> David says. 
he says, "What do you?" Towards the end of the meal, he goes, "What do you? What do you think? What do you think I do for a living, uh, honey?" She goes, oh, "If I had to say, I'd say you're maybe like a Baptist preacher." <laughs> he goes, "Well, I'm president of the Kentucky State Senate." And she goes, "I've been calling you dude and punching you in the shoulder." He's like, ah, "That's fine." <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, "Why don't you? Why don't you give old Richard here your number?" <laughs> so I'm hanging out back over at the hotel with Richard after we after we ate, <laughs> and, and lo and behold, this. Richard, like, just sent her a text, like, hey, if you want to hang out or something. Dude, she, she calls, she's like, hey, we're getting off. We're getting off work. Uh, you still over at the hotel? He's like, yeah. So, she came over. David, David, David Williams, man. He, the greatest wingman job I've ever witnessed in my life. Oh, my. I mean, he, he made that happen for all Richard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, Trey, I got to run. We gotta, yeah. Speaking of carpool lines, I got to go pick up my son yes. in a black SUV. We have Hey-o. We have piano uh Piano lessons here in a few minutes. Uh, was that your last Jack? That was my reference? last Jack Harlow song reference. <laughs> um, and we didn't even get to King of the Hill coming back. Any, <sighs> any, any thoughts? Well, Mike Judge is involved. Everybody's involved. Um, sounds like Owen and Luke Wilson are going to be involved inside information Hollywood information. I got for you on that. Um, I can't wait. It's probably my favorite uh, adult cartoon. Mine too. Um, Abby and I watch it religiously, and um, I'm going to put this out there. Who is your favorite King of the Hill character that is not? Boom Hour, Dale, uh, Bill, or Hank, or Peggy. I mean, well, first of all, it's obviously Bobby then, but you no, kind of took everybody not, out not of Bobby. the mix. No, this is a contest between Khan and... Um, oh, and uh, Luann? No, not Luann. Khan and uh, the propane guy. The, the, Mr. Strickland? Yeah, Mr. Strickland. No, it's... it's, it's Mr. Strickland. It has to be Mr. Strickland. No, it's, it's, no, it's a it's, dumb it's question. The, it's, no, it's not. It's the, it's the Mexican priest in the... In the <laughs> oh, that's good. That is good. That is good. <laughs> by the way, you know, at one point, I think there's even a pilot for it out there. They tried to make that show. I'd watch it. They, I, I think if you go on YouTube, there is the, there exists a Mike Judge-produced pilot I'd watch of it. a live-action version of that. So the only issue I have is, is you know, Luann was voiced by Brittany Murphy, is no longer with us. Yeah. So I wonder who they're going to, if Luann's going to be back, or if they retire her for Brittany. They got so. technology. They can just make Brittany Murphy's voice do it. <laughs> All right. All right. As always, you can get Kentucky it's definitely Politics Mr. Strickland. <laughs> you can get Kentucky Politics Weekly Stream Podcast. You get us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a review. And we'll be back next week with Sessions back with another uh, Kentucky Politics Weekly.